Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. There were three weeks during my teenage years that would drastically define my life. All three of these weeks were National Christian School Conventions. Each year, our small Christian school in New York would participate in competitions with other Christian schools all across New York State. Competitions in sports, music, academics, preaching, all kinds of things. If you won at the state level, you qualified to go to nationals. Nationals were held on the campus of a university somewhere around America. There'd be five or 6,000 students from across America at the national convention. We would compete during the day, and then there'd be a large preaching service each night, with thousands of people meeting in a college sports arena. I was privileged to go to the week of nationals three times during my high school years. And in all three of those weeks, I made decisions that define who I am to this day. I want to tell you about something that happened in the second of those three weeks. It was 1983. I was 16 years old, and nationals that year were held on the campus of North Texas State University in Denton, Texas. Monday and Tuesday nights of that week, the services were held in the university's football stadium. The preachers and the leaders were on a platform down on the field, and the students and chaperones were up in the stands. The preacher that night preached from Philippians 3:10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. The preacher talked about how God's original purpose for man was that man would be in close, personal fellowship with God, that man would be God's companion, God's friend. But of course, when man sinned, that made it impossible for man to fulfill his purpose of being God's friend. The preacher said, when Jesus died and rose again to redeem fallen man, Everyone who received God's gift of grace was once again in position to fulfill man's original purpose, the purpose of being God's friend. The preacher went on to say that not only were most believers not fulfilling their purpose of being God's friend, most believers were not even aware that this was their purpose and their great privilege. He said that God was not real to most believers, that to most believers, Superman was more real than God, Bugs Bunny was more real than Jesus. The preacher said that the remedy for this was for every believer to make the choice to have the lifelong daily desire and purpose that Paul stated in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. He went on to preach a powerful message about knowing God. As I sat there in that large crowd, one thought dominated my mind. I know I'm saved. I know that I'm called to preach. I know my Bible pretty well for my age. But the idea of knowing God, I've never thought about that before. How can you know a God that you can't see, can't hear, can't touch? I couldn't figure it out. But I knew that with all my heart, I wanted it. I knew that if it was possible for a human being to know God, that there was nothing else in this world that I wanted more than to know Him. When the invitation began, I jumped up from my seat and I made my way down to that football field. 
As far away as I was seated, I was the first one kneeling at the altar. And eventually, there were hundreds of people kneeling around me. I glanced up at the preacher, who was still behind the pulpit, leading the invitation. And then I prayed, Lord, I don't understand how I can know a God I can't see, can't hear, and can't touch. But if the Bible says it's possible, and that preacher says it's possible, then that's what I want with all of my heart. That was decades ago. And I can tell you today, by the grace of God, that I know Him. I know God's mind, God's heart, God's character, God's presence. Not as well as I want to, but a whole lot better than I did when I was 16 years old. It's happened because I decided that day as a teenager that that's what I wanted more than anything else in the world. When I was a boy and I heard that God had told Solomon, Ask what I shall give thee, I used to think, That's not fair. God made Solomon an offer that he doesn't make me. Eventually, I discovered that in John 15, 7, Jesus said to all believers, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. God does make the same offer to me. But wait a second. God wasn't just saying to Solomon, Tell me something you want. God was saying to Solomon, What one thing do you want so badly that you're willing to do without everything else? Do I want to know God so badly that I'm willing to do without everything else? That certainly seems to be the level of Paul's desire when he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If God's not real to you, it's nobody's fault but your own. Christian, God wants to be real to you. He wants you to know his person, his heart, his character, his presence, how he leads, how he speaks to your heart. He wants to have a personal daily walk with you. He wants you to be his companion, his friend. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you.